Okay, so did you hear that a hurricane's coming next week? To Palm Beach? Yeah. I did not hear that. Wait, is this one named Gert? I think it's Irma. Hurricane Irma is a monster category five storm. A potential landfall from Hurricane Irma. Hurricane Irma will reach Florida here. Hurricane Irma. Hurricane Irma. 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 This is Zoe Hazen, and you're listening to the first episode of Cat Tall, a Beacon production out of Palm Beach Atlantic University. We wanted to pioneer a podcast without setting any expectations or limitations on what it would be about. So here we are, square one. Let's see how this goes. We're calling this first episode Hype. It's a catch-all around the blend of emotions and experiences before, during, and after, you guessed it, Hurricane Irma. Due to our location in Southeast Florida, we were able to capture some interesting conversations that provide an insight on what it's like to be staring straight into the eye of an approaching hurricane. Act one, before. As the hurricane approached, I look back on how the eminent threat from nature's wrath shapes the priorities and the mindsets of those she aims at. A month ago, Irma was just the afterthought, the ugly sister of Hurricane Harvey, roaring in the middle of the Atlantic. At first, no one really gave her much of a second thought. I brought the news to a group of my friends as we were making dinner. The reaction is telling about their level of concern for the storm. What are we going to get if the hurricane comes? That's mine. <laughs> we're going to get water. In case okay. of a hurricane, we go to our nearest police station. <laughs> Everyone's going to be getting to bed at the store, and if you guys decide the night before we should go get water, it's going to be gone. Or we could just get bottles. Okay. How are we going to cook that? If the toaster will obviously work. We, are, we, we, need, we, have we, no have, we need more waffles. If we go to Sam's. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Fun fact. That element got recalled, and I never sent it back. <laughs> <laughs> Proven to not actually work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what it said. If we go to Sam's to get more waffles, uh, we should probably also yes. buy a queso water. Confirm this is recorded. Queso water? Case? Speaking of queso, did you see that Chipotle now has queso? But in a moment of sincerity, there was simply uncertainty. Do you think the hurricane's going to hit us? I don't know. I haven't looked into it. My peers and friends began to discuss hypotheticals and what-ifs swirled around the room decorated by dark tales from past hurricane experiences. I think it was Hurricane Katrina that flattened everything out. I remember Katrina took down our fence. We had a wood fence. And just, that's crazy. Our poor fence has like been squashed down so many times. Last hurricane I was in, not Matthew, the one prior, all my information got stolen. Like my social security. security. How? We were evacuating and we stopped to grab like some water from like a, a random grocery store and my mom left all of our like documents on top of the car and we drove away and she was like where's my wallet where's all my stuff and all gone we went back to this to the same place we parked all gone oh, we got parked. hit with yeah. with all of them that one year that was really rough but they weren't nearly as bad as Wimble was I remember like one night like we're in the neighborhood just like so looking up in the sky and all of a sudden we see like these two like three kids running with flashlights and we ran inside because like there's these kids like coming out now and it's, it's like steel generators if you leave their generators like outside the garage they have to be so really careful like, people get, yeah what people cared about most revealed itself candidly through these unique conversations part of me does not want to leave i want to be here because i don't want anything to happen to my books at home yeah. oh yeah. your books 
My books. Yeah. See, like, Take your books with you. But you're talking to a librarian here. I have a whole wall. Yeah, of books. I got a lot. Take the most expensive ones. I yeah. had that actually crossed my mind because I'm like an avid book collector, and I was like, it's like water. Like if our roof comes off again, it goes all my books. It goes all the books. Do you know how much money? Like, it's, it, it's not just money, it's just that these are books that are sort of like, for me, a book is like, almost like another person. Oh, I, yeah, so it's like I, another agree. Person. I agree. And even though all the books I have, I haven't read them all, these are books that, when you get to be my age, and you get to be, then you think, well, in my old age, or when I have the time, and maybe you know this as a book collector, there's nothing like opening a book, yeah. and it does, it takes you away, and it either informs you, or it, um, I mean, there's entertaining reading, there's also the reading that kind of builds you, it changes you. It does! Those are the books that I have. Exactly. After a few days, the threat became more valid, and parents began to call students, and students began to call parents, and people began to get nervous. Here are my own parents working with me to try to figure out a plan in case the campus had to evacuate. You're on, you're on, oh, hi, everybody. You're all on speaker, and I'm recording on my little device. <laughs> hi. monitoring your situation. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be um, interesting. I guess next update from the school is going to be uh, after 5 p.m. today. They'll send out an email again saying what's up. So everything's kind of up in the air. Yeah. Yeah, I was Obviously, it's a Category 5 now, but uh, we had a big discussions in journalism and stuff today. And um, I, honestly, I've been getting mixed uh, suggestions from my professors and from my peers. You know, like half of them say you should get out as soon as possible. Half of them say it's better to bunker down because you'll get stuck on the highway. Uh, I don't, so it's like, it's kind of up in the air. By the end of Tuesday night, the week before the hurricane was due to make landfall, during our journalism class, we, we received an email. University officials are monitoring uh, monitor the what? hurricane uh, at this time. All classes in the university yes. opened. Last year canceled on Thursday. Yeah. What? They, they just canceled, yeah. They just canceled for us? Thursday. So, on, so starting Thursday is canceled. Yeah. Not that Thursday is going to still be classes. You can take classes for seven. Daytime and evening classes in West Palm Beach are canceled. Class had been canceled for Thursday and Friday. Dormswood would be closing that Friday. We had to evacuate, and it was only the third week of school. This is actually happening. Let me know you guys are okay. Okay? I want to make sure that we're back at school a week from now and that everyone's here. Okay? All right, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity, Father, too to just walk alongside these journalists, these uh, documentarians, these historians, Father, that are going to be here telling stories, human stories, Father. Um, you 
know, it's unfortunately is going to be a story of tragedy, but there's also a story of redemption, and there's a story of overcoming, Father, and of peace. And so I just, I, I, I pray for peace. I pray for safety on the road. I pray that they make it home safe and sound and that they return to us here on campus so that we can tell them how much we love them, how much we appreciate them. Wednesday was a blur for a lot of people. Social media showed a plethora of my peers getting last-minute flights out of town, back to the Midwest, Northeast, or just more north. Students were scrambling to pack up their belongings and tuck them out of the way of windows and doors. I was looking like my best option was to stay put in West Palm out of the evacuation zone, which is thankfully where I had friends living. Wednesday afternoon, I I went with my friend to Sam's Club to look for provisions. I didn't end up recording any audio, but what I'm about to describe will likely mirror what you saw reported on the news. There was a line around the parking lot for gas, and a line around the store for water. There were people of all kinds there, some stocking up on what looked like supplies for a month, and others simply looking for the basics. Water and other sports drinks were almost completely out, along with bread and other staples. So we decided on the balanced diet of non-perishable goods that resembled what I ate as a toddler. Some goldfish crackers, pop-tarts, and mandarin oranges. Around us, there were old people, young people, people of all sorts, and from all different walks of life. There was a lot of families, mothers and fathers, wrestling young ones as they attempted to make decisions about how much to buy and what to buy to potentially sustain them for multiple days. For a lot of these families, they were likely using up all of their emergency funds. These families were really concerned. Irma was supposed to hit West Palm and it was supposed to hit us hard. And in that Sam's Club, there was a bizarre feeling of camaraderie. There we all were, united in a checkout lane over cases of water and Pop-Tarts. As as we prepared for Florida landfall, the news updates kept getting worse, and doomsday reports flooded in after Irma smashed into the Caribbean islands. Packing 185-mile-an-hour winds, Hurricane Irma made landfall in the Caribbean early Wednesday, barreling into the island of St. Martin. The storm flooded a harbor, stranding cars. Irma is the strongest hurricane ever recorded in the Atlantic. You know, the the vegetation is now gone. Uh, Large buildings damaged. Uh, Some of them look more like uh, like a war would do than, than, than weather. And everything is strewn everywhere. There's, there's, there's boats up on the shore. And millions rushed to the Florida highways, attempting to flee from Irma's path. We are running out of time. The storm is almost here. If you are in an evacuation zone, you need to go now. This is a catastrophic storm that our state has never seen. More than 700,000 people here in Miami-Dade County are under a mandatory evacuation order. And you can tell that most of them have taken it seriously. People have studied the radar and hit the road. Irma's storm surge could put this neighborhood in high water and deep trouble. Mandatory evacuations are already in effect for the Florida Keys, forcing people to get in their cars and leave. Everyone jumps on the interstates and starts going north on I-95 and the Florida Turnpike and Interstate 75. And like you say, it's been just crazy up there. It's taken, you know, five times as long to get any distance. It's back wall-to-wall traffic. And there's a shortage of fuel. It was looking like all of Florida was in the danger zone, but the big question that everyone was asking was would the storm go east or west? That pivot would determine the fate of many in Florida. Florida is bracing for a direct hit from Hurricane Irma. Nearly every major city in the state is a potential target. Part two, during. Winds picked up on Saturday night and the power went out where I was staying in West Palm on Sunday. The winds got strong, really strong, but the storm had turned west, leaving only the outer bands affecting West Palm. The west coast of Florida faced the eye. The wind just tore that sign down, and that wreckage is going to become airborne missiles when the core of the hurricane arrives. Had a lot of trees go down. 
branches crashing into cars, signs blowing around. So folks in Naples need to take cover because it's going to get a lot worse than it is now. This powerful category for hurricane is just really beginning to batter this state with maximum sustained winds of 130 miles an hour. Irma made landfall in the lower keys, the chain of islands off the southern tip of Florida. The eye hit Cudjo Key about 20 miles east of Key West. Irma is now moving northward up the Gulf Coast toward us here in St. Pete Beach. There are power lines down, there are trees down, uh, there are palm fronds that are just swirling around the parking lot. These are really uh, punishing winds here. You can sort of see on my face and just all around me here. When you cross a street like this, which really is a wind tunnel, you have to look both ways, not for traffic, because there is no traffic, but for flying debris, for tree limbs and for traffic signs. That should tell you how large this storm is and how widespread the impacts will be. Part three, after. After the storm, the power remained out and the stores remained closed for a while. We ventured out early in the week after, but most of the damage was just fallen branches or broken signs. The two massive construction cranes that stood across the sidewalk from our school were still upright. This wasn't the fortunate outcome for everyone, however. And in downtown Miami, construction cranes were left dangerously dangling overhead. At least two snapped 45 stories above the ground, becoming multi-ton threats to anyone below. Emma created a new challenging chapter for many people. Florida and the damage done by Hurricane Irma. Can at least six people have been killed in Hurricane Irma? Or could rise dramatically. We are in Florida City. It's the last stop before you get into the Keys. And as you can see, there's a security checkpoint up. Nobody is allowed into the Keys right now except for emergency crews. Historic floodwaters rage through the streets. Irma's storm surge overwhelmed St. John's River. This is potentially a week-long event with water and the tides coming and going. Streets are also left underwater in Naples. Mobile homes lay on their sides in Big Pine Key and roofs are missing. Uh, I'm not frustrated. I'm just upset at all this stuff to happening to people, to us, to all of us. It's not frustrating. It's just sad. The water is not working. The sewer is not working and there's no electricity. Hundreds of miles got severe damage. This was as bad as it's feared. People think it's back to normal. It's not back to normal. Quite simply, natural disasters like hurricanes are really awful. But of all the things that drive divisions between people in this world, it's amazing what something so much bigger than all of us can do to take us back to the very basics, to reignite our empathy, to pull us out of our routines and help us see the bigger picture. The recovery is beginning though. Neighbors help rescue neighbors in Jacksonville, Florida. See, uh, I've got the walls up and we can always rebuild it. Police in Florida are now letting people who live in the lower keys return home. Even a fire department truck from as far away as Los Angeles came in bringing generators, rescuers, and cleanup crews working tirelessly. That life is precious and that on some fundamental level, we all care about the earth and about each other. These experiences are humbling, and as the weeks go by and our Twitter feeds are replaced by more current events and Irma becomes more and more like a dream, leave a place in your thoughts for the people that have to build their worlds all over again. They've got to keep an eye on the Atlantic where three storms are currently brewing. So many emotions from the residents there. We know it's going to be a long road to recovery. And that's all for now. Catch will be back soon with something different. We're open to it all. But before I sign off, let me say... Here's to the curious, the open-hearted, 
the ones who are willing to put aside their own voices to cultivate a mind that yearns to listen. Here's to you. Thanks for listening.